VP fam, what's up you guys? Your girl Shiro here with a bonus episode. This is a throwback Thursday um, to the conversation that I had the pleasure of having with Calypso podcast. Um, I was featured on their podcast. They are a Nigerian, um, it's three Nigerian women who have this wonderful, powerful, very, very um, informative podcast. Um, and I was honored to be on their podcast and i am sharing it with you guys in case you missed it so here it goes and i hope you guys enjoy thank you rise up african woman definition of a partner trying so hard she a hustler you think you're the head of the house but she a backbone of the whole plan everything so nice Welcome back to this week's episode. This is a crossover episode with the Kenyan Plug Podcast. So we have today the host, Shiro. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey guys. How are you? Yes. How is everyone? How are you guys doing? We're good. We're all good. right. You know, time <laughs> lockdown, honestly. Oh, but man. it's kind of coming to an end, Loki. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of businesses are like reopening and stuff. Yeah, people are ca- being called back to work. She said people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no, me and, me and a bunch of others. Yeah, but it's, I think it's even more scary now because it's like we're being called back to work, but still at a risk. Businesses yeah. are opening, but still at a risk. Everything is carrying on almost as usual, but then the threat of the coronavirus is still there. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. Shiro, you're in America. Tell us what's going on there. <laughs> I just happen to be in a state that has, we are in phase two. I think we're about to transition to phase three, uh, which means that we are like open back up. I'm going back to work this week. Uh, the issue is now that we, we hadn't even had a curfew this whole time. Like we have not even had a curfew this whole time, three months, Monday. And now we have a curfew because of the riot. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what state are you in? North Carolina. Um, yeah, so we have a curfew from 8 to 5 a.m. So 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. because of the protesting and the riots that took place uh, over the weekend. But this whole time, we have not had a curfew. It's ignorance, ignorance, ignorance. Okay. Sounds sounds like what I thought. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We didn't want to like delve too much into it because that's kind of what our um, we have Amibo interludes. They're like the short episodes where we talk about what's going on. But I feel like because this is like so so current, it probably would have changed by next week. Sorry, I'm talking about the whole George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests yeah. that are going on. I thought we kind of have a duty in some kind of way to just even if it's like for two minutes, just talk about what's going on and like bring people's attention to what's going on so um does anyone have any opinions on what's going on <laughs> shiro especially you i for me my biggest thing is it's been happening this is this is something that's been waiting on happening and it's just the beginning i i as a person who is extremely woke i'm just trying to keep it on a low level because i don't want to get too upset or just like whatever my how i feel about it is 
it's, I just don't even want to express it. But the thing is, it's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. And it's it's overdue and it's over time. And I think it needs to happen. I'm down with it. I'm not outside because I have my personal opinions, which are like work on yourself before you can start trying to fix the world. But at the same time, it's about to happen. It's about to go down. Yeah. And I, I think it's also weird because like the protests are going on, but then Corona is also going on. So like, Corona I know, yeah. So done. It's so done here. Like we, we don't even care about Corona. Corona never really? happened. Racism took over. <laughs> I told you Corona what? is a conspiracy as of this week. Wow. <laughs> Last week. Interesting. Yeah, it's <laughs> what has this past week been? <sighs> it's been a lot. It's been exhausting is what it has been. Yeah. yeah. The world is not happy. I'm ready right for now. rapture, you know. <laughs> Are you really though? <laughs> I, I, Mama, you don't know me. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I, I just said like I, I just let me just ask. Is <laughs> <laughs> <And> small. <laughs> okay, let's jump right into the topic for today, and we're, we're gonna give a disclaimer before we go into it. We're talking about matriarchal societies prior to colonization in Africa. So when we talked about coming on the podcast with Shiro, she was like, "This is a topic I really want to talk about," and I was like, "Okay." Let's do it. Why not? We like spreading this um, matriarchal utopia argument, I guess. So, like, yeah. So, I'm sure. Could you start out as to like why it is that you wanted to talk about this and like what your opinions are on like if our societies in Africa were matriarchal before colonization? Before she goes on, actually, could someone define like what matriarchal means? A matriarchal society is um is which a female leads a family, colony, or tribe. Okay. Okay, cool. And that's the same. If you say patriarchy, that's okay. it means mm-hmm. when a man leads yep. family, mm-hmm. colony, or tribe. Yeah. So what were your opinions? I really wasn't trying to be too historical about it because, you know, but history does repeat itself, so we should put that in there. I was really aiming it towards the angle of a woman's world versus this man's world we've been living in. And, um, and just how, like, the small changes... I mean, if anyone has been in a relationship, if you've been in a household where the woman is in like, not the lead, not wears the pants, but is very vocal, you can kind of tell that the decisions are made in a different way than how it is when a man is in the leading position and makes all of the decisions. So, I mean, it goes back to how the African tribes were, you know, and all of these things that were happening prior to the patriarchal society, but... I definitely wanted to take it from a historical point of view, but also like make it as modern as possible in 2020. Like what it would be like if we just this new world emerged and women were suddenly the heads of uh, and the leads of the family. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see the angle that you're coming from. I've heard that discourse in every time the, the feminism conversation comes up. Sometimes I hear some people say, you know, our societies were not like this before, that it, it comes with colonization and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like they were probably like equal or matriarchal before and stuff like that. And I just, when I look back on it and like I read articles, it seems to be like people are not really sure because like, 
they're looking at it from the lens of today to think about how societies were but then you can't because that's not what societies were like so like i was reading this article where they talked about how there were still gender roles so like when people talk about like matriarchal societies they like to think about it in this like fluid way where everyone takes different roles and stuff there were still gender roles in those societies you know they just weren't there wasn't like a harping on oh the women's role is more important than the man's role which is the way that we think about it now i think we've had this discussion before actually on the podcast so yeah what are the factors would you say that have contributed to where we're at right now uh other than colonization let's let's hear this (laughs) but in what way like how did them just coming make us change if we were so matriarchal i'm seeing that it wasn't really a matriarchal society it was more so of like a patriarch it was like a male dominant world but there were prominent queens and african queens and african you know like prominent women that made a very large voice in this time so i'm i'm reading a couple different things that are saying that pre-colonial like there was no such thing as a matriarchy society um it was only it was still patriarchal but it just happened to be that African women were not treated so lesser. They're not treated that way. But from my point of view, I think it's just the idea that men rule the world. And if it's not the white man, then it's going to be the black man, but it's never going to be the woman. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're from Kenya, sure, right? Like, what's it like there with, like, women? 18 years strong in the United States, but... Uh, yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, okay. I would say from what I watched growing up, I definitely know what it was like and I know that my dad even though he was in America it definitely did not take him away from having the same African just dominance that he carried my mom was very quiet she would not speak like if they were having meetings she's not going to enter like very it was very very much how it is back home so I don't know how you all your family is but I know for most of the Kenyan households (laughs) that's how it is the man is dominant the woman is the homemaker she's gonna come out when asked or when requested to come out and otherwise she's pretty much i don't know not making the decisions at all yeah definitely not vocal what are your thoughts honestly i haven't really like looked that much into it but i feel like just kind of like what you said where it was like yes there were gender roles but it wasn't like one role was less than the other it was more like okay like you know the man does this and the woman does this and ultimately it's to kind of bring the family up like you know just kind of sustain the family rather i feel like that's kind of how it was but at the same time i am not even sure that that's true i feel like that's kind of like an idea that we create just to make ourselves feel better i don't know that that was actually true i feel like there was definitely still some not some i feel like there was like a lot of patriarchy but it may be like women were just not as oppressed but like i still feel like they were like i don't i don't know i feel like i mean like you said i feel like it's kind of like a utopia that we kind of envision just to make ourselves feel better but like it wasn't actually like a thing where it was like old men and women were seen kind of equal it was more like they were still kind of it was more like today is what i think yeah 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 that we would like to talk about exactly yes and i do think that colonization kind of did 
um, did a service. Yes, it did a disservice and it kind of made it worse for the women, especially with the whole, like, I mean, I'm a Christian, I'm a Bible believing Christian, love Jesus and all of that fun stuff. But like, I do think, you know, when the white people came and they brought like, you know, Christianity, it's like in the Bible, literally women were not necessarily seen as people in those times. Mm. So I feel like, like, you know, that kind of definitely added to the oppression that women started facing. Well, I mean, not started, but like the oppression that women faced just because like, you you know they brought that christian beliefs and like you know i feel like just like a lot of it was not really serving for the woman i feel like that definitely did add like a lot of oomph to whatever oppression that <laughs> women were facing they said, oh yeah. creation story oh we love it <laughs> exactly i mean like I, like that's what i think anyway yeah. like i don't know i don't know that that's 100 percent true but like yeah. that's kind of like what i think um for me i'd say like i feel like colonialism kind of emphasized the differences between men and women right because you have before then you have like men and women having different roles and then they both agree to perform those roles in context of the society like in context of like maybe uplifting the family or the tribe or whatever it is right but then colonialism brings in um, concepts of like superiority um, wealth capitalism and all that kind of stuff and Mm. who holds the power in society would naturally like it would those kind of value systems gravitate towards who holds the power in that kind of society so I think it shifted the perspective of roles in some way I think yeah and especially with like I, I know with the bible where it's like you know there's this hampering on the man being the head of the home mm-hmm. and like you know stuff like that I mean I don't like I don't think there was any bible before well in like in Nigeria anyways I don't think there was like any bible before colonialism so it's like where are they going to get the man is the head of the home from yeah yeah but like I think yeah. religion really plays a really big role in like how these different societies view women and like mm-hmm. I think that like when we say historical Africa we talk about it like like, Africa was one place also, which is also very problematic because it's but like... But it kind of almost was. It was like, no. I mean, like, there were... Right, no, no. Like, I mean, like, it wasn't like... I'm not saying, like, Africa was, like, one huge country. But, like, it was separated by tribes as opposed to the way it's separated exactly. now. Yeah, exactly. And the tribes believed in a lot of times vastly different things. Like, for instance, when I was reading on this, it was very, very clear. Like, some of the societies that were matriarchal, I keep bringing up, like, the Akans in Ghana, like, you know, the Ashantis, Fantis, whatever. Like, they, they have, like, a matrilineal way of thinking where, like, I think the people go by their mother's lineage, which is really weird. Like, a Nigerian would never look at that and think it's normal. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they inherit properties from their mother's side. But you can't compare the Akans to, say, some Yoruba tribes. They're not the same place. But, like, when we say, oh, African society, we make it seem like they all believed in one thing. Do you get what I mean? Mm, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, I think that's the problem that we approach it with. Because they also had different religions. And, like, you know, religions played a really big role in how they perceived women. Because, like, in Senegal, right, there's the guardian spirits of the main cities are female. So when you have those kind of things, like, even in Yoruba mythology, I guess, like, there's the Orishas. All right, Orishas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like Yemoja. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're strong female leads. But, like, mm-hmm. you barely see that in, like, Christianity or Islam. Do you get what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. it kind of shapes your way of thinking about 
women and men. Even the arts, for instance, women and fertility and stuff like that, they used to look at it as like, literally, that's where life comes from. So they revere women and women, yeah, women <laughs> as like really, really important in the society as compared to now where, I mean, women are still giving birth, but they are controlling giving birth and stuff like that. I think it's just how you value women based off of like the core values of your society. So, so basically like what you're saying is in that society, women could be seen just as often as men in the public realm of things. But then in, in our society, men are the one who are seen more in the public realm. Whereas women, mm -hmm. they're in all the historical books because they're, they're the ones that their names get carried. Yeah. Because women, I mean, it's not like women held all positions of power, right? It's just that they were still in positions of power enough that they were seen. I guess that's the difference. Like, it's that, like, power is, seems, appears to be more distributed then versus now. Now, yeah. That makes sense. But what do you guys imagine society would look right now if it was, first of all, matrilineal? Because, like, I think there's two different types of matriarchies there's like matrilineal where property is passed down to the uh, maternal line on the death of the mother not the father and there's matriloquial which means families are established in proximity to the bride's extended family that's really weird so like the man moves into the woman's like house yeah family. that's so cool okay so first of all matrilineal how do you think our society would look like if we you know took our mother's names and our our properties were passed down through our our mothers. I'm laughing in Igbo because, like, you know that thing where, like, when the men die, they shave the women's head and stuff like that. They take all the property, the man's family. I wonder what that would look like if women were the ones that the properties were. I think Igbo men might just die. <laughs> <laughs> I really think so. But sorry, Shiro, go Shiro, ahead. Please go. <laughs> I, I, okay, sure. Go ahead. I haven't heard her talk. No, I'm listening. I'm just enjoying you guys' conversation. Uh, I really, I hate to be like the one who's not historically, you know, uh, educated in this because my family, my grandmother was the dominant one. She passed down all of her land, all of her stuff to really? her Really? Was so that the norm? Um, I think it was the norm for her because the way she was raised was to be a self-starter. I don't think she, my grandmother was like a rebel of some sort, so she kind of did her own thing. She, but how she set up her family is beautiful and that's what I kind of want to do. That's why I wanted to speak on this because of the fact that she's a matriarch, yeah. Yeah, love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. So how how would that differ from like other families? How did that look? Was it a peaceful hand down of property? Did her children take her last name? Yes, we took the family name. Um, the thing about it is she just, it caused issues because we didn't have a, my grandfather passed when my mom was 12. So we didn't have him around for quite a long time. And um, so I, I think that that's what, push her to be the matriarch of the family and that's what made her work harder to leave those things behind for her kids but um for the family i would say it's like there wasn't a struggle i think it was more so about who was going to take the man like who's gonna replace her i think that's how we come off but i definitely cannot speak for other families because mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not historically inclined to speak on that. So I'm that's, that's why I'm here enjoying you guys' conversation. Oh, no, but we, have, we love hearing your opinion because, like, I know you grew up in the U.S., but, like, mm -hmm. I 
wonder what like that looks like still because your family is still Kenyan, right? And you know, like when African families move, they still try to keep like a sense of like culture and stuff like that. So you'd still see, except if you're like, I know there's families that move and try to like, you know, discard of their culture. But I think for the vast majority of it, they still kind of keep up the culture. Some families even end up being more cultural than even families back home, I think, when they move. This is something I talk about on King and Plug all the time. Uh, my family and I, were not close. I live with my dad here and my stepmom, and I don't really speak to them. And we, uh, yeah, we don't have any culture. That's why I kind of started the King and Plug, because if I did not start the Kenyan flag, I would kind of have no connection to Kenya because of how removed we are been, you know, since being here. So when it comes to these questions, I'm not your girl for this. <laughs> no. I definitely am here for hearing it. And even with my family back home, we, we're not really, me not being there in 18 years, it kind of just made it a very big gap between understanding or trying to be taught about my culture or my home. That's why I kind of created my own platform to do so. Okay. That's mm-hmm. crazy. How did you learn the language then? Yeah, I was there until I was eight. So we kind of, we had Swahili classes and all of that stuff. But even on the show, people know like my Swahili is so trash because really? <laughs> my Swahili is so trash. And I, and I put this as a disclaimer, like broken Swahili on the show because I'm basically relearning all of it as we go. It's two jokes because when I listen and you kind of like, you transition between English and Swahili. And in my mind, I don't speak Swahili. I just listen. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, so Kenyan. Wow. (laughs) I didn't realize your Swahili was bad. It's super trash. Bad. Trash. Yeah. So they just, they just laugh at me. They're always like, where are you from? (laughs) Yeah. But But it's, it's a good platform still. Um, Imama, what do you think Igbo culture would look like if it was matrilineal? Man, honestly, well, I guess so. I feel like if we are going from the way we currently are, yeah, to a matrilineal society, I feel like the Igbo men might actually start a riot. <laughs> and I don't think that, like, you know, like, I don't think they would accept it essentially. If we're, well, if we're going from the way things are right like now, like, if to you were to society, reverse the roles, um, exactly, yes, I don't think they would accept it because I mean, as much as I believe Igbo men. And love their women i feel like they're also kind of find some sort of like joy in that dominance like a lot of evil men are very 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 <laughs> very patriarchal and it's like, pay like it's kind of, price <laughs> exactly like they like they are that <laughs> essentially yeah. um so i really feel like if we try to revert it like i don't think it's something that would work for them and to be honest even to some extent i do feel like some evil women might not necessarily want that because because of the way and this I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking for every single Igbo woman. Like, I do not know how they all think. But, like, just from what I see, because of the way Igbo men, like, um, love and protect their women, and they are really, like, you know, for all this, like, you know, head of the house are going to protect, protect, protect. I feel like the Igbo men will almost see it as, like, almost stressful <laughs> to have to kind of be the ones leading, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So it's, like, they are kind of okay being dominated to an extent just because, like, you know, it comes with, like... The perks um, of patriarchy exactly so like to them it's like they do find perks in that so i feel like i don't think it would work if i tried to revert it to be honest but if it was something that started from the jump 
I feel like, I mean, like, because it started from the jump, I feel like it might just work just because, you know, I don't know, that's how things have always been. But if we're trying to revert it, I don't know that that would work, to be honest. I feel like there'll be definitely a lot of pushback. Like, there'll be so much pushback. Like, I can't. Because, I mean, like, even when you read about, like, history and, like, matriarchal societies, I've never heard anything about any matriarchy in the Igbo culture. Like, I've heard about it in, like, the Yoruba culture. I've heard about it in, like, even the Benin culture. But, like, I've literally never heard about any, like, Igbo queen or, like, any woman that was in, like, authority in, like, the Igbo land. Maybe I haven't done as much research and I can definitely, like, you know, agree to that. said no. But, (laughs) yeah. Like, I could definitely agree to maybe not having done enough research, but, like, to be honest, from what I've seen and heard, I haven't, like, seen anything about, like, matriarchy or, like, any way that the woman is potentially the head or even the neck. Um, in evil culture but like i have seen it in like other cultures in nigeria so like i don't think it would work for the evil culture but then again i'm also not evil spokeswoman so Please <laughs> just to make that things. clear don't quote me i do not have my facts yeah. <laughs> i'm just talking based on what i have said yeah mm-hmm. how about you hadiza funny enough i was reading this article where they were talking about a specific matrilineal society i don't remember which one actually i have to pull up in the article africa? in africa yeah and what ends up happening is that if they're passing property down it doesn't go to the females in Mad. the woman's side it will really? still go to the males yeah i found that very 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 interesting so it's that like you know patriarchy still runs very deep you know like it's like <laughs> do you think that's a thing that has happened post-colonization or do you think that's always been the case it, the thing is logically it makes sense if something is passing down through the woman it makes sense for the property to then go to a woman right yeah. so it going to a man in the woman's side seems kind of counterintuitive <laughs> because he's gonna get married with that property and it's going to go to a different so woman's different. lineage yeah but then it, it's the way you're thinking about it in that situation if it goes to the man and he marries into the woman's family another woman's he's family no longer really part of his family but then the thing is you now your family now loses the property right because if everything is going down yeah, through the woman yeah. it's go- jumping from one family to the next family yeah. right you get so yeah that is it doesn't it doesn't make sense in terms if you look at family protection like you want to protect your family and keep wealth within your family that maybe that wasn't style doesn't goal. make sense uh, yeah it's, uh, that's what i'm saying patriarchy runs deep <laughs> like as in even though it's supposed to pass through the women the man comes and is like well is mine <laughs> so it is possible that it's something that has happened post-colonial like it's a post-colonial phenomenon yeah maybe maybe i had read somewhere like that does happen as well but i i would like to again in my utopia think that that wasn't always the case mm-hmm. makes um, sense. this might be wrong but like i i read somewhere that it only makes sense because women actually have a stronger tie to their offsprings right so they're able to distribute things better with sense I would think like because they have more of a connection to their lineage like women protect Mm. you know so like I just feel like if 
things were but do done. you think okay sorry but do you think women protect because of the way society has it set up like for instance because of the patriarchal society men have like men are meant to go out there and provide for the family while women are meant to stay home and basically connect with their kids take care of them and protect so because of that they have like a better bond i guess with their offsprings so in that way they can be able to kind of share with sets but if it was like a matriarchal society that would not necessarily be the case like do you get what i'm trying to say yeah but keep in mind that they still had gender roles in matriarchal societies so it's not that women still didn't do those things they were just more in control kind of like they gave the direction so like Mm. i think just by virtue of biology given that they give birth to the kids and usually would be the ones like in probably i check my facts i don't know in the caretaking roles of like children anyways i would imagine that they would still have a connection to their kids because again we're not saying that the gender roles were completely flipped we're just saying that the way it was approached was different so i i think like i I, that's an opinion i had read somewhere and it just made sense to me so like the way that like you know families nowadays are always fighting like i just think there will be more stability basically in that like i think men don't really know how to do this thing but then i think i still think that a woman sharing property the woman could still have biases in terms of like it's not fair because the woman is still a person right outside of those like ideals of like women knowing the kid and stuff like that so i feel like a better model would just be like a an equal like a a, and like yeah like an equal way of yeah sharing it or like conditions to sharing it that that comes in from a somewhat rational point of view do we even want a matriarchy in the world that's the question because like i mean we talk about the patriarchy and then if we talk about matriarchy it might actually eventually be the exact same thing just men on the suffering side do you guys think that I'm okay with men suffering. Okay. You know what? You know what? I mean, I feel like we've <laughs> suffered long enough. Like, honestly, let me tell you what I propose. Okay. I propose a matriarchy for like five years. years. 50 no okay. <laughs> and then we revert to the way it's meant to be which is equality by that time men men will be bitter and they'll say oh it's time to fight back and then we'll it's go back and then to tip over, over. Okay, okay. that's why i said maybe, five years maybe it's maybe not even a whole five years mm-hmm. yes. okay. yeah. yeah. just a test run taste of their uh-huh. yeah just a test of, so they get a t- taste of their medicine uh-huh. and then we can go to equality I mean personally I feel like equality is the goal like I obviously want like you know um, you say you're okay with mess of free guy don't lie you know, <laughs> I mean like for five years <laughs> but i mean like no no but like all jokes aside i do kind of feel like equality is the goal like you know that's obviously why like there's feminism and all of that it's like the goal is to kind of be on the same playing field but like i would also recommend matriarchy for five years <laughs> yeah 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 and then yeah i wonder what that would look like. i i don't know that there's a way for our world to go to that now because like i feel like Christianity and Islam have like so dominated and I think it really 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 plays a big role in how we see men and women and I don't think that can change like the patriarchy anyways like I I even saw that someone was saying like even right now we approach feminism from the stance of patriarchy like we're looking for equality within like an already patriarchal society so we're saying like it's okay if it's patriarchal we just have to like strive for equality which is kind of 
weird. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. It made sense when I read it. Explain it. Like, like looking to be in a man's world. We are, exactly. we are looking in a man's world. We're looking for what? Equality in a man's world. In a man's world, instead of having our own examples, our own definition of what we expect as women and how we want to be treated. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Sure, you did that well. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, even when I was reading the articles and stuff about history, I couldn't put myself in that world because that is not our reality. Do you get what I mean? Like, I couldn't think like them. That's why I say when we look at history, we look at it from our lenses. So we try to interpret it from our lens right now. But they thought so differently that, like, if we interpret it, we'll kind of, like, go to different extremes because of the way we think right now. But we should kind of dismantle what we think right now because if we continue thinking it's a man's world, it's a man's world, it's a man's world and we're looking for equality within that man's world, how's that going to work? It's always going to default back to a man's world. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Shira, what do you think a matriarchal world would look like right now? I think that women are just naturally more nurturing so even when we want to ma- make the men suffer we're not going to make the men suffer it's just not something that we are Imama I don't know I disagree with that though <laughs> I, cannot, I oh actually disagree <laughs> everyone. but I know who me me I would not want the men to suffer because men are just more vicious with their attacks so I don't want I them guess to I that makes sense because like, you're the one that birthed them right like you gave birth to them so you probably wouldn't want them to suffer but in the other way like when men are really wicked to women they were birthed by women women nurtured them so it's like I mean, like, I guess kind of like what she was trying to say is that, like, you know, women are just kind of more, like, they're more nurturers. Like, they're kinder, I guess, is what she's trying to say. Uh, so it's like they probably wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> if you said, uh, like, no, it's just not happening. Uh, <laughs> I think that it just depends on the woman you are. And that's why they said all women cannot lead. Because if you are thinking emotionally, you're going to end up making an emotional decision, which is going to end up hurting more than you're trying to help. But you know it is what it is we all cannot we all cannot be in those positions but if it was me being in a matriarch like if it was me having that opportunity to have i cannot say like another woman is gonna do this because we never know we never know but if it was me i would definitely take it on a spiritual level i you said you guys said a lot of stuff about religion and islam and christianity and that's what i'm thinking that's why i'm so left i'm a left thinker like (laughs) completely so it's just going to be like complete spirituality type stuff which is going to i feel like that's the world we're living in we're entering a spiritual world we're no longer going to be focused too much on religion and stuff like that but that's my my view of it i cannot say that's how it's going to be but if if a woman is more spiritually in tune with herself, there will be no there will be no imbalance. I feel like if you're in tune with yourself, you learn how to kind of master your emotions. But yeah, that's just on a spiritual level. I like the the wavelength series of pretending on. <laughs> <laughs> we have to move from our old thinking because it's going to bring the same results. Mm-hmm. Because if women are still looking to be heard and to be respected and to get back all that was taken away from them Mm -hmm. during this whole time of being in this man's world we're going to be fighting forever somebody has to be the bigger person here Mm -hmm. but why do we have to be the bigger person Hmm. 
now. So the the moral of this podcast is: do not no. let Imama rule you. Imama will kill all men. That would no, be I would no, no, come on. I would not. I love men. I just have questions. Must oppress the men. I just have uh, questions for them, is all. <laughs> oh, yeah, just want to <laughs> take them to a torture room. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> what a game. I mean, sure, you spoke like, oh, it's from when I think of myself, I would be more empathetic. But wow. I actually think that in the grand scheme of things, the exact same thing would happen if women, maybe slightly different because of our biology and stuff, maybe. I don't even know. Like, the nature versus nurture thing is really hard. So it's really hard to know what is innately a women thing as compared to what is learned because of our society. So I I can't speak to this. I don't think anyone can actually know what it would be like if we were actually in matriarchy, like if the world was a woman's world. So If the society was taken away and we were washed away from society's rules, what would we do then? If, If what? If like um, societal rules were washed away, what would we do then? Mm. You can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like, what would you guys, on a personal level, do? If my oh, is what I'm if oh, if societal rules oh, were rushed, oh, oh, washed oh, away, um, like in the terms of leading, in terms of how you would raise your home, your household, and what you'd expect for your. Oh, and what you think? Okay, give us a second to think about this one. Societal <laughs> rules. I feel like you'd you'd have the ability to make new ones, but to a large degree, the societal rules you make are kind of based on the society you come from, too, to a large degree. So it's hard to. Mm, I mean, I for me, I think I just I just aim for more fairness and like. I guess middle grounds in in terms of raising and in terms of decision making and all that just making sure different points of views are considered but then like I still think that there would be some kind of leaning towards the society I did know if even if society societal rules aren't there and society I do know may not necessarily be patriarchal necessarily but then yeah okay for example with um, last names I, I feel like I go the i forgot what african country is that they when they name their kids they just give them any random name uh, as, as their yeah as their yeah, last name we had um yeah <laughs> we had k on i was gonna ask if there's any society like that in kenya but like you had explained that you, you're not really sure but like we had this rwandan girl come on the podcast k mm-hmm. and she she was telling us how she has a completely made up last name she doesn't share the same last name with her mom or her dad they just make up a new one and her and her siblings have all different last names and I found that cool because that's even a different way of thinking because now in the patriarchy we have the arguments of whose last name should they take I know it just a random one (laughs) yeah exactly exactly of your legacy you you have a book oh you have (laughs) (laughs) you have a book um you keep it on the cloud (laughs) (laughs) it's true a really long line of um yeah family tree yeah yeah so it it doesn't have to be by um last name yeah have another way maybe everyone will have a stamp a tattoo exactly exactly but then how do you know which tattoo to pass down so let's say you have two stamps you have two stamps then the kids will now have four yeah. is that what it is there's enough space 
it's a type of mark. You know which tribe someone is from based on their marks. Based on their marks. Their marks, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then when people marry inter-tribe now, when you give them the two you marks. You give them two marks. And then if they now marry inter-tribe, will you give them four? Is that how it's going? I don't understand. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> There's actually no space on your phone to mark all the tribes. Keep in the cloud, guys. <laughs> yeah, the cloud wow. thing also works because yeah. it's 2020. Yeah. Like, yeah. Until somebody hacks the cloud. And then changes your whole lineage. <laughs> but why would they do that? Like, what, what joy? What joy does that bring? Nothing. It doesn't bring anything. Hey, are you? Have you been to America? Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. But it's it's really fun to imagine a world that that is not what we have right now. And it'd be nice to continue thinking outside the box because, like, I feel like that way we can shift away from thinking about these societal rules that we have right now because I think a lot of them enable the patriarchy and like it just usually defaults back to that no matter what rules you bring up but yeah I think we've exhausted our opinions do you guys have anything else to say on this no not really I feel like we have actually spoken a lot about important stuff (laughs) yeah and it's crazy because this follows the episode that we talked with the guys on like feminism and stuff like that I'm pretty sure people are going to be like these women are talking too much about honestly we are slowly becoming a feminist podcast like it seems to seep into almost every conversation we have Um, but yeah we're black we're women so it's going to shape our experiences so it's like yeah we're going to talk about this a lot guys just stick with us you learn a lot I've learned a lot episode what'd you say I said I've learned a lot from the episode myself so learn a lot that's honestly yeah. the I think um when we post this episode I'll post like a lot of the articles we were all looking at because like some of the bro like papers on papers on people analyzing and like people having different opinions some people were really really strongly of the opinion that we are deceiving ourselves like deceiving ourselves that there were no matriarchies but then I think the people that did believe there were matriarchies usually had examples and I would like to believe those but they just explained that it's just not the utopia that we think that it is mm-hmm. so yeah let's do lessons from the week guys it's been so long since we did that yeah we haven't done that in a bit yeah Chiro what lesson has this week taught you just one that you'd like to share oh okay so today is actually Madaraka day um, what's that Madaraka Day, which is um, Kenya's, like, it's not their Independence Day, but it's, like, the day that they had self-governing. Oh, and, nice. Say it uh, again. Madaraka Day? Madaraka. 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 Got it. Yeah, so Madaraka Day. And, um, actually, the thing... <laughs> The thing that um, Kenyatta said, which was the president, the first president, he was saying like the white people when they came, they they when they came to us, we had like established ourselves, we had our trade, we had our goods, we had our stuff, and they had a bible. But when they left, <laughs> they had the goods, the trade, the everything, and we had the bible. <laughs> so it's it just goes back to that and I think that's been a common thing that's been happening with me and kind of with what's happening here we kind of just constantly have to I have two black nephews and it's just like a constant thought I hate to bring it back to the black lives matter thing but that's why I'm no, going no, with it no no don't hate it love it yeah I I it's sad it's sad yeah. because we as African people 
I don't know why we kind of I don't know if it's a conscious thing or if it's an unconscious thing but we kind of put ourselves in like a different category just because we know that we don't have their same struggle but it's like when we have kids or nephews or anyone who lives in this world it's just like a different kind of thing and what i learned from this week is like some conversations that we think we don't need to have we have to have and it sucks because we just we kind of put ourselves in this bubble but the facts are is that we are in a we're in a place where we're going to have to inherit other people's problems yeah and i think it's just a common it's a constant reminder to never get stuck in the bubble mm. yeah. that's a really that's good deep. One. yeah <laughs> I kind of really like I feel like to an extent the world is kind of getting more conscious about that cuz I'm seeing black people in many different countries still empathizing a lot with what's going on in the US right now and I think it's also nice because we're also drawing from their experience and kind of like speaking up about ours as well um mm-hmm. so I I just I'm happy that we're doing that because yeah it's just indicative of like what exactly is already going on around the world so yeah Thanks, Shiro. That's good. Thanks for having me. See, Mama? Um, what have I learned? I feel like it's kind of related to the Black Lives Matter thing, to be honest. I feel like I have kind of like, I mean, I've always known, but like I've just learned more that the world really is just not fair to like uh, black people. And honestly, like, um, I also learned that like, you know, you need to actually take time out of like, I mean, it's okay to take time out of social media and like you know actually take a break like it's okay to take a break and disconnect and actually just like breathe and rest like i know sometimes like some people feel guilty about like you know needing to take a break and like needing to kind of like unplug because they feel like they have to be actively like you know being like activists like actively showing support on social media and honestly wow like that's great like showing support and like you know doing all that great stuff like that's awesome but like you also like your mental health also matters so like if you know you're getting overwhelmed i feel like it's very very important for you to actually be able to take a breather like take a step back take a breather pray meditate do whatever it is that you do to kind of like you know try to find rest in yourself and like you know if you need to hop back on hop back on but like i do think i have definitely learned that it's okay to kind of unplug and take a breather and you don't have to feel guilty for like guilty um at the fact that you are not as engaged as everybody else is but this does not apply to white people i think white people should always be engaged or they should just be keep or they should just keep quiet (laughs) i don't think that they need any breathers because yeah they've had enough they've had enough breathers but i do Mm -hmm. feel like you know if you're black and like this is basically too much for you i do think it's definitely okay for you to take a breather and just like disconnect for when you need to that's what i've learned okay i can go next because mine kind of almost directly not direct it doesn't directly oppose what you said but it's just on the other side i my lesson is i was just watching a youtube video yesterday from like a black british um youtuber and he was he was just basically talking about the role of like, cause he's an influencer, right? I wouldn't say we're influencers, but we have a platform. And I mean, I had been seeing all of these things and I, I really am exhausted really on everything that's going on. And I, I feel like my 
my reaction to the whole George Floyd thing, I was just exhausted and I just wanted to disconnect, to be honest, from the whole thing. But then, I mean, this guy was talking about how if you have a platform, just in whatever way possible, trying your best to, you know, share how you can help the cause. Because, like, the guy that knelt on the neck was only arrested because people are protesting and stuff like that. So it's actually individuals as a collective coming together that are making these differences. So if you have a platform and you have people that listen to you or whatever, just share. Even if you don't... I mean, everyone kind of has a platform right now in the social media age. So, like, even if it's, like, you're not the person that's going to share it, then donate, you know, to, like, the protesters. If you're not going to go out, donate to the people that their calling is to go out and be the people on the streets protesting. Do you get what I mean? Like, help them out with bills, you know, if you're a lawyer, you know, represent them. Just those kind of things. In whatever little way that we can give back. Yes, plug out when it gets too much for you, but don't ignore it to the extent that you are doing nothing because if everyone decided to do nothing, nothing will get done. So, yeah, that's just... That was my lesson from that YouTuber's video. And I mean, see, he's talked about it and just him talking about it made me reflect on my own like contribution to this whole thing. So, yeah. Okay. My my lesson from the week is going to be different from... Because I see everybody kind of spoke about the... What's it called? Like Black Lives, Black Lives Matter. Matter. Yes, yes. And stuff like that. So I guess in some way it can relate to it, but not necessarily. I guess it's affirming, learning to affirm your own reality. Just in like your own experiences and stuff like that even though someone is like or could potentially ask you why your reality is your reality do you understand that kind of thing so it's like okay so let me relate it to the black um lives matter Matter situation so where you have black people saying this is what is happening right and then on the flip side you have other races being like oh but this is not what happens for me so therefore it's not what is happening period and stuff like that so being able to affirm your reality and speak about it is just i guess that's my lesson for the week from my own perspective and my own life yeah 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 well this was a deep deep episode because the world is actually going to shit it seems (laughs) but it's fine 2020 is just six months in the next six months we move six months will be greater hopefully we're praying (laughs) oh oh, oh, i learned another thing but i'm not going to delve too deep into it we need to start questioning this people of color term that we keep using exactly bruh (laughs) bruh (laughs) bruh anyways yeah all right guys thank you so much for tuning in this week we will see you next week with the amiibo interludes shiro thank you so much for coming on the podcast this has been thank you thank you thank you for having me on bye mama africa you're a